That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope they got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. Thompson comes baseline, goes hard, feeds to Poole in the corner, takes the three, got it! In the left corner, right in front of the Wolves bench. Warriors up by two, 96-94 with a minute 25 to go. Yeah, things were looking good at that point for the Warriors. Jordan Poole with that three-pointer, and it looked like the Warriors were going to pull out another one on the Chase Center hardwood, but uh, they blew it flat out down the stretch in this one. No other way around it. They threw the game right to the Minnesota Timberwolves. From that point on, Jordan Poole makes that three with 128 to go, and the Timberwolves are able to score the final five, and the Warriors turned it over a couple of times. Also took a bad shot in a night where the Warriors took a lot of bad shots, and I think you could make the case missed an opportunity even in the third quarter to be ahead by a significant enough margin to where it maybe doesn't even come down to the fourth quarter uh, where the Warriors uh, wind up getting outscored and, and get outscored in the second half as well. Fourth quarter, uh, the Warriors actually won, but the third quarter really was the difference in the game. 24-18 and just the 41 points scored in the second half. We welcome the Inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson with you inside Chase Center where the Warriors lose to the Timberwolves. 99-96 is the final. That is the third fewest points that the Warriors have scored in any game this season. It is the lowest scoring output that the Warriors have had in any home game this season. And the Timberwolves, good defensive team, but uh, the Warriors impatient tonight, top to bottom, as far as the, the offense goes. And they were making just enough threes to hang in the game for a good chunk of the game. Ended up 15-40 of 40 on the night, but five turnovers in the fourth quarter. The Timberwolves controlled the glass in this game, had some extra opportunities and, and possessions there. Nas Reed really hurt the, the Warriors. Again, Carl Anthony Towns, the big three off the Draymond turnover. And the Warriors now, I, I think you could make the case, if they had a mulligan, if they had any little margin for error as far as avoiding the play-in tournament versus being a top-six team or a 4-5-6 team in the Western Conference, it's gone with the, with the defeat uh, in, in this one. Tonight. All right. 888-957-9570. As it is Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. A lot to get into. We're going to keep this thing rolling all the way up until 10 o'clock tonight here from inside Chase Center as the Warriors fall now to 39 and 37. Let's just get right into the meat and potatoes and we'll work our way outward. Uh, this game came down to... Uh, whether it should have or not, the, the final three minutes with Clay Thompson putting the Warriors ahead with 247 to go, hit a three-pointer, 92-91 at that point, and the Warriors with just a series of four or five different miscues in the final three minutes that, that all proved to be the difference in a game where maybe they could have been ahead, as I mentioned, by a little bit more sooner than they were. Uh, but it, it really started in the final three minutes with Steph Curry off a Kyle Anderson lost ball turnover, missing a layup, and the Warriors botching what easily could have been uh, a three-on-one break. Uh, and Curry ends up driving it to the basket, misses the layup, and the Warriors with an opportunity at that point to go up by three. They don't. 
they wind up uh, getting another stop at that point, uh, and Kevon Looney ended up going to the free throw line, and Kevon Looney split the pair at the free throw line. So, all right, Kevon Looney, not a great free throw shooter, splitting the pair. That's probably what would be expected at that point. 2.03 to go, Warriors are, are up two. At that point, Carl Anthony Towns ends up hitting a three that puts Minnesota up with 149 to go by one. And then Jordan Poole answers with a three to put the Warriors back in front by two. Back and forth we go. Uh, and the Warriors able to force another miss in the final minute. And the Warriors uh, have the ball. And, and here is another miscue. Jordan Poole, step back, 28-foot, heat check. Ball didn't move at all. And Warriors didn't even try to run a play. The shot misses. And the Timberwolves end up with a chance back the other way. Uh, Rudy Gobert ended up getting fouled, going to the free throw line, uh, and, and split the pair himself. So now the Timberwolves are in a situation where they have to foul. So all told, the Curry missed layup. The Warriors have been able to overcome that. The Jordan Poole step back three. The Warriors have been able to overcome that at this point. And then Gobert goes to the free throw line, splits a pair. Warriors up one at that point. And then all they have to do is hold the ball with – the Timberwolves having a foul to give, and Draymond Green, rather than just hang on to the ball with the Timberwolves trying to foul, Mike Conley even had his hands in the air thinking he had fouled Steph Curry, was looking at the ref like, hey, why didn't you call it? The ball finds Draymond's hands. Draymond tries to whip a pass, hot potato style to get rid of it. It gets turned over. Kyle Anderson with the steal. He kicks it to Towns. Towns hits a three, and all of a sudden the Warriors are are down two at that point. Jordan Poole throws the ball away with the Warriors trying to force a tie. They then still get another break, and Jaden McDaniels missing one of two free throws, but Steph Curry, uh, a tough corner three-point attempt that that comes up short, and the Warriors wind up losing this game by three. But the, the Curry missed layup on the fast break, the heat check three by Poole, the Draymond turnover when all he had to do was hold it, and the Timberwolves were trying to foul. Just catastrophic, bone-crushing mistakes to where if the Warriors don't make those mistakes, they probably eke out a, a victory, and we're having a completely different conversation tonight uh, here on, on Warriors wrap-up uh, with the Warriors. Essentially, I think tonight, and, and we'll get into the standings and all of that. We've got a lot of people that want to talk on the phone lines, 888-957-9570. We'll get to the calls here in just a second. But uh, the Warriors were on track for some serious momentum and having a shot at maybe the four-seed. I think the four seed probably went by the wayside with the the loss tonight, and now Phoenix hanging on to four. The Clippers, who have the tiebreaker over the Warriors, slip back into fifth. And now I think it really becomes make sure you don't fall into the play-in tournament. And tonight, Minnesota, team directly beneath you. The Pelicans, the team directly beneath them, are coming in on Tuesday after they go play in Portland. So they're probably going to get another win between now and when they're at Chase Center. And I think now it's just, if you're the Warriors, you got to make sure you win every home game you have remaining. 
No more mulligans there and stave off those that are coming for the, the guaranteed spot in, in the playoff bracket as a six seed and avoid that play in tournament uh, altogether. So, 8 at 8, 9 5 7, 9 5 70. The nine game home winning streak for the Warriors is over. They lose for just the eighth time on the home floor in 38 games. But this one, without a doubt, stings here. Uh, as the Warriors now fall to just two games over 500 at 39 and 37. Before we get to the calls, let's, uh, let's go ahead and pause for our ID here if we didn't get in before the top of the show, uh, on 95-7 the game. You're listening to 95-7 The Game, KGMZ-FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. All right, John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Let's get to the phones, 888-957-9570. We start with Armon in San Jose. Armon, you are tipping us off here. What's going on tonight, Armon? Hey, what's up, J.D.? Uh, Mike, no, uh, so I guess the fans are right when they say Steph Curry don't get no calls. It's kind of we thought he fouled him and they didn't call it. But, you know, J.D., this was a night of just dumb basketball execution down the stretch. You mentioned the layup that Steph Curry missed. Uh, I thought on that three-on-one break, he should have passed it up to Clay Thompson. He probably had a better angle for a layup. But if you're going to take that, you got to make it. He had a bad shooting game. Probably rushed a few shots that he had open. It happens. But you got to be better as a star. Um, I also thought on that last possession, he had the ball. He shouldn't have passed it to Dre. I would have kept dribbling. You're the best ball handler, shooter, free throw shooter on the team. I need you. And one of the things that makes me sick about this team is that there seems to be a problem with late-game execution at times with Steph Curry having the ball. He's the best player on the team. It's got to be easier for him to control the outcome. It's too many times I'm seeing other guys with the ball in their hands. Uh, Draymond Green, you know what? You're better off getting fouled and going to the free throw line. I'm tired of him being scared of the ball, giving it up so fast. I would much rather just hold that ball, like you said, get fouled, make one or two, make both. How about that? Then uh, Jordan Poole, you know what, J.D., how many times do we have to see this guy with the ball in his hands late in the game and mess up? Um, we had a stretch of three home games, uh, what, in January, whatever it is. He catch slip and turn it over, and it's just like – at some point in time, like, why is he taking that shot for three? I'm sitting up there thinking to myself, shouldn't Steph Curry have the ball in that situation? They weren't, pre- if I remember right, they weren't pressed up on Steph Curry, so it wasn't like he was being denied the ball. It's just Jordan Poole had the ball. He's got the freedom. He made the last three, and he does a wide open step back. Three. Why are you doing a wide open step back three? You can't do a step in three, or how about a step in two? The bottom line is, Steph Curry should have had the ball. You are the point guard. You make the decisions. You control the outcome. This makes me sick about this damn team. The best player should have the ball in these situations, and you bring it home. And if you get covered and you can get the ball out, then fine. But it's, it's just too hard for us to get the ball in his hands in certain situations. But, I mean, that's my rant, man. They, they had this game. They blew it, like you said. No more mulligans. You got to win all your home games, and I'm sorry, you may have to win all your road games too. 
Yeah, thanks for the call, Armand. A lot of good things to get into. Yeah, there's no more home losses. you got to beat the Pelicans, who, again, are probably going to come in. And, and, look, nothing's a guarantee, but they're 37-37, and 37, so they're just a game back of the Warriors. They play in Portland tomorrow. The Pelicans are probably going to come in at 38-37, and 37, to where if they beat the Warriors on Tuesday night, they would be ahead of the Warriors. Minnesota's going and playing in Sacramento tomorrow, and the Kings are going to try and win that one to to get themselves into the playoffs for the first time in, in 17 years. But the Timberwolves have played the Kings well this year. They've won two out of three. So don't be banking on Sacramento automatically handling the Timberwolves. They've been a good, uh, a tough matchup for the Kings in a year where the Kings have, have beaten a lot of really good teams to the tune of, of their 45-29 and 29 record. But as far as some of the, the minutia about this one, uh, Draymond, the, the most frustrating part about the Draymond Green not just holding the ball was the Timberwolves had a foul to give. the Tim- They could have fouled Draymond, and they would have been able to inbound the ball and would have had to have fouled again at that point. And Draymond you know, prides himself as, as being the, the most intelligent player on the floor, and usually he is, and I know that's a hard thing to, to automatically know uh, in, in that moment. And so I, I don't want to be coming down his road as if he should know, but but you, you it's just in the long lines of you didn't have to play hot potato with it if you were Draymond Green because they had to foul you twice, and so he could have been able to to tuck it away and and try not to do what he did with it. It winds up being in a turnover that, that flips into the Carl Anthony Towns three. Jordan Poole hits the three, but sometimes the, the, the worst thing that can come from a Jordan Poole big three is it means he's going to take a, a, a bad one. And, and there were a lot of bad shots tonight for the Warriors top to bottom. The problem I had with that possession where Poole took the step back 28-foot three with 38.4 to go, the Warriors up two, was there was just nothing doing on that entire play. There was no play. It was just Poole ended up with the ball in his hands, and and he went, and it was heat check, and if he makes it, it's game over, and if he doesn't, the Timberwolves are going to have a shot to go back the other way and and, and make something happen. So that's uh, frustrating, and I I think as far as the decision on, and and this wasn't brought up by Armand, but Gary Payton II was back tonight, and Gary Payton II being back meant that the Warriors rotation was going to change a little bit and Peyton was going to take some minutes from some some other players. I think he took some of DiVincenzo's minutes. I think he took some of Jonathan Kaminga's minutes tonight and the Warriors needed Jordan Poole's offense in this game. He ended up leading them in scoring with, with 27 points so he earned the right to be able to finish this game but it has been a dangerous proposition in some of these games where he's finished in particular with Steph and with Clay, those lineups have struggled to defend, and at times those lineups, when Poole is getting his, Clay Thompson may be uh, off the mark, even if he's scoring the ball. And, and tonight was a night where you know, Clay Thompson, five of eleven from three, didn't make a two in this game, finished with fifteen points. And, and so often when Poole's playing a lot, and Poole Curry and Clay are playing a lot, it seems like Clay is the one guy who winds up not playing well, and the Warriors have the bulk of their problems down the stretch. But again, there's no real case to be made for somebody other than Jordan Poole to be the finishing player in this game tonight because he was the guy that had 27 points. So if you're going to say, hey, Poole struggled, they got to go in a different direction, I think tonight is probably not that night. You know, DiVincenzo didn't do much offensively tonight. Kaminga I don't think played particularly well aside from the the one drive he had for a bucket. Uh, and so 
Kerr rode with that fifth that we talk about. Looney was going to be out there because they were going up against Biggs. And so you got to live with the good and the bad from Poole. And tonight, the, the pool, the, the, you had the good in the last couple of minutes, but you had some of the bad in the last couple of minutes as well. All right, 888-957-9570. A couple of Adams here. Let's go to Adam in San Jose first on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Adam? Hey, J.D. Um, we can all agree that the last two minutes is what causes the game tonight, but my question to you is how beneficial is Clay Thompson for this team? Besides that one-month stretch, Clay's been flat-out useless. He's making $40 million a year for 15 points a night, and he plays practically no defense. He didn't even try to contest that uh, uh, game-winning shot from Cat. All he wants to do is chuck, chuck, chuck the ball. I call him Mr. Chuckster. Um, I mean, can we get his play from a, a, any random role player? We should really move off with Clay Thompson in the offseason. That's all. All right, thanks, Adam. I, look, I, I think that's a little harsh on Clay Thompson. I think Clay Thompson was bad the first two months. I think he was pretty spectacular for the next two months. I think lately it's been more up and down. It's been really more up at home for the most part and, and down on the road. But tonight you know, is a night where – you need Clay Thompson if he's going to be on the floor, which he always is. You know, a five of seventeen night ain't going to get it done. <laughs> I mean, flat out. And I think he has to recognize now some of the nights where maybe if he isn't hot, he winds up taking fewer shots. He is more of a liability defensively. That's just right on the table. But again, uh, you know, good luck trying to trade him. I don't think the Warriors are, are interested in, in looking to do that. I mean, we can we can you know not necessarily go down that road, but uh, he's making over forty million dollars, which means he's probably going to be on this team next year. And, and again, it's kind of like pool. You take the good, you take the bad, and you got to have to live with it because Clay's going to be out there no matter what at the end of games because he's part of the the championship course. So if you can't trust Clay Thompson defensively, then then it's probably going to get you beat at some point, and that may just very well be the bed that the Warriors have made and, and, and they have to, to lay in it. But I, I think a little harsh uh, on Clay Thompson. It's just a matter of of execution, and I think tonight's another example of where the margin for error for this Warriors team is just very different than it's been in the past. They need more guys to play well and click and do it efficiently and also still do it at the end of games uh, for them to earn wins, and it's been a lot more inconsistent. And just when it seems like it's starting to get consistent, the Warriors have one of these, which uh, is just uh, uh, not so much confounding, but frustrating and, and potentially crushing loss when it's all said and done, given where the Warriors now sit in the standings. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Let's go to, is it Diddle? Diddle in the Bay? Diddle next year on 95.7 The Game. Yo, yo, how's, how's it going, J.D.? Uh, so I basically sorry, was saying um, we lean towards um, Jordan Poole in crunch time moments, and he hit some big shots from like the corner three. And then when it comes down to what we need, it seems like we're trying to get it from the core, and the core ain't doing it for us, but they turn over the ball. Their turnovers are like just nothing, but then when somebody like Poole or Kamingo or our youth turn the ball over, it's just like, oh, my God, this is so emphasized. Like, why is the, What's the problem with that? Like, 
Well, look, here, here's the deal. I, I mean, I think you bring up a, a fair point, which is it has been the veterans at times that haven't played nearly as well in, in the clutch moments. I mean, go back to the first road trip of the year, and I think you could you could make that case. The reality is, though, and this is where a lot of fans come down on this, and it's just fact, the big three can do no wrong. And and you know Draymond's taking his lumps tonight for the for the tur- the hot potato type turnover when all he had to do was was hold the ball. Curry's taking his lumps tonight. I mean I I called that out for the botched three on one and the missed layup uh, on that one. But Poole had a couple of them down the stretch, and it's not the first time that Poole's had a couple of them down the stretch in a game that the Warriors lost. Again, we can we can all gather around and put it on this guy, put it on that guy, whatever. I mean, I'm the first one to say there was no alternative option for the Warriors down the stretch. It's, you know, I'm not going to be the one that says that DiVincenzo needs to be on the floor at the end of a game where he's got two points and Jordan Poole's got 27 and just hit the three to put you up. But Jordan Poole is an imperfect player, and I, I think the one thing that you hope is that he recognizes, it, it, to me it's not even the turnovers as much as it is the, the shot selection. The, the one tonight for me is, is the step-back three with you know, 38-4 to go in a game where you're up to, like, like try to make a play, try to give up the rock, try to, try to do something to where you keep the defense moving, and maybe you wind up getting a bucket. Maybe you don't, but to basically give yourself the one option of, hey, make or miss, YOLO, and and if it goes in, you're feeling great, and if it doesn't, you're you're in the potential for something catastrophic to happen. I mean that that ain't it. That that ain't it for 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 this team this season. But but as far as the the blame game. And look, I'm not here to play the blame game, but as far as the blame game goes, the young players always get the blame over over the the championship core. I mean, that's that's just you know the the champions have done a lot for the Warriors over the years, and and so that's just the way you know that that's just the way that it goes. It, it you know fair or unfair, that's the way that goes. I've been pretty even handed about uh, passing some of the blame around with the the carelessness and the bad shots. And and again, we're talking about the last three minutes because the last three minutes we all just watched and we're all fired up and passionate about. But the Warriors scored 18 points in the third quarter tonight and and got outscored 24-18. They gave up 24 and wound up down four going to the fourth quarter. If the Warriors put up 27 in that quarter when they had opportunities early, then we're talking about the Warriors putting the game away, you know, being up maybe close to double digits when Klay Thompson hits his three and when Jordan Poole hits his three that, that put the Warriors up one and two, respectively. 888 It's John Dickinson here. Warriors wrap up on 95-7. The game, uh, as the Warriors lose to the Timberwolves, 99-96, the final uh, in this one, as the Warriors now two games over five hundred at 39-37. and and so they remain in sixth, but the Timberwolves are now just a half game back. And the other part of this loss for the Warriors is the fact that the Timberwolves now, in all likelihood, will own the tiebreaker over the Warriors. They have a, a one-game advantage as far as the, the conference record goes over the Warriors. They're even in the loss column at this point. And so any loss the rest of the way for the Warriors would be a conference loss. Minnesota has 
a little bit of breathing room there uh, as far as they go, having the extra game still to be played uh, on this season. But basically tonight was for the tiebreaker. And so the Warriors now don't have the tiebreaker over the Minnesota Timberwolves if it comes down to that six versus seven, seven versus eight, however that uh, winds up shaking out. And just looking at the Timberwolves' schedule, they do still have one more game against the Eastern Conference to to play with as far as uh, that. They play at Brooklyn coming up here in about uh, a week and a half. So that game, if they lose it, uh, obviously doesn't carry the weight that a, a conference loss would, would for the Timberwolves as far as that goes. All right, back to the phones we go. Uh, I want to get to the people. We got, uh, Chris in Fremont. Uh, actually, no, let's go to Dan in Berkeley. Sorry, let's go to Dan in Berkeley, who's the longest hold on the board. Apologies, Dan. I want to make sure we get you in here for, for holding the longest. Thank, thanks for calling in here tonight. What's going on? First, yeah, first time caller. Thank you. I, I enjoy your program. Um, get, I, I want to speak about uh, Jordan Poole. You know, a lot of guys kind of attacking him about his turnovers. But um, to put in perspective, though, he was getting um, giving out a lot of turnovers up until the Mavericks game. He only gave one. And then he only gave one um, to the uh, 76 or So I think uh, he had a sit-down chat with uh, with um, the man, you know, Steve Kerr, and um, maybe they ironed a few things out. Um, but um, I'm not going to take anything away from him. I think he's improving in that area. So let's give him kudos for that. Um, as, as far as that tonight's game, 20 seconds left, inbound. Um, Draymond uh, gives it to, to uh, Curry. Now, it's the score is 96-95, the Warriors, with uh, 12 seconds left after Curry got the ball. And, you know, he tosses it back to Draymond. That's what I want to talk about. Look, these guys are great players. We both know that, right? We, we know that great players make mistakes. And in the heat of the moment, you and I don't know what, what, it, what it feels like being out there. But for some reason, Curry felt like he needed to give that ball up. And uh, he passed it back to Draymond. They squandered the game. So that's basically what I want to say. You know, the best players in the world make big mistakes, and they made one tonight, and it cost them the game. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I think that's a, that's a good way of putting it. I, I, what I wonder is, in that instance, did Curry know that, the Timberwolves had a foul to give and maybe felt a little bit loose with, with his handle on the ball and kicked it to Draymond knowing that the Timberwolves had a foul to give, that kicking it to Draymond wasn't going to automatically lead to Draymond shooting free throws. And and then Draymond got it back because maybe Draymond didn't realize that the foul at that point wouldn't have put him on the line because he acted as if he was a player that that would have been on the line, but he's also, in fairness, he's trying to get the ball back to the best free throw shooter, you know, maybe one of the best in the history of the game. And so he's trying to, to do that, and, and you're right. I mean, you, you live and die at the end of the day with your best players, and, and tonight uh, I don't think there's a case to be made for somebody else to be finishing over Poole, so even Poole gets factored in that. But but no doubt, Curry, Draymond, Poole all made mistakes down the stretch Clay Thompson had a bad shooting night, and the Warriors missed opportunities earlier that could have won them the game. All right, 888-957-9570. Chris in Fremont next now here on 95.7 The Game. Thanks for holding on, Chris. Hey, Chris, you there? No, Chris. Uh, Apple in Alameda. What's going on, Apple? Hey, what's going on? Um, just uh, just to kind of chime in on that last point about Steph, um, 
I would say the reason why he gave up the ball is because he uses uh, Draymond as a way to reposition. And they were playing very aggressive defense in the end, uh, playing physical, and uh, fouls weren't really being called with the with a couple minutes left on the clock there. So, I mean, I'm not going to blame Steph for giving up the ball. He, he uses Draymond to, to play off of Draymond. So that's a very normal behavior by both those guys. Uh, and then, you know, Draymond, threw, uh, he made a mistake, threw, threw a pass that um, was ill-advised. But my, my, my point is, um, you know, I agree with your point, John. Like, I do think that Poole deserved to be there and um, closing out the game. Uh, I don't mind him shooting in the fourth quarter, deep into the fourth quarter. But, man, if I'm Steve Kerr, I'm pulling Jordan Poole to the side and they're making it very, very clear to him, like, last couple of minutes on the clock, we need to get the ball to Steph. I don't care what kind of night he's having. If you take a look at, like, how Jordan, how uh, the Bulls uh, treated Jordan, they all, he always had the ball in the end. You know, and we we need that to give Steph that same treatment because he's that caliber of player. Um, so I think Steph needs to, to close it out at the end of end of every single game and, and make it very clear, especially as we're getting uh, closer to the playoffs. Yeah, well said, uh, Apple. Appreciate it. Eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seven ninety five seventy. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Warriors wrap up here at ninety five seven. The game, as the Warriors lose to the Timberwolves ninety nine to ninety six. Yeah, tonight Poole earned the right to finish. And again, I think that is going to be a night to night proposition for Steve Kerr. We saw him finish with Kaminga and and DiVincenzo. We saw him finish with Looney and and Poole the other night. Tonight it was Looney and Poole. I think because of the bigs, and and that was the case against Philadelphia as well. I think the conversation, though, to go back to Apple's point, needs to be, Jordan, you can take the open shot, but you, but you can't. You got to be more cognizant of the bad shot in in those moments where it's basically one play away from from trying to to put the game away. He he went for the dagger in, in that moment, and and the turnovers are just are kind of the turnovers, uh, you know. And, and in fairness, on the the throw away from pool i mean that was a, a miscommunication type play with with steph on a cut and the ball gets thrown and, and pool wears the turnover on that but again late game miscues late quarter miscues have been problematic throughout the course of, of this season for jordan pool so when they pop up and they cost the warriors a big game it's it's obviously going to be something uh, that, that we're talking about. 888-957-9570, We'll pause here in just a second. Let's go ahead and get to the secret sauce of the game. Win or lose, what was the deciding factor for the Warriors? Secret sauce of the game brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Fried, flipped, fake. This chicken goes three ways, now available in eight Bay Area locations, with the newest one being in Novato. And, and we've been talking about it here on Warriors Wrap-Up for the last half hour. Uh, Warriors lost this game down the stretch. Uh, it, critical turnovers, bad shots. It really all started with the... Curry missed layup with the Warriors up one and 227 to go. The botched three-on-one, the missed Jordan Poole heat check 28-footer with the Warriors up two after Poole had just made the go-ahead shot to put the dubs up by a point. Then the Draymond Green turnover that leads to the Carl Anthony Towns three when Draymond could have just held on to the ball uh, at that point. And then the miscommunication between Jordan Poole and, and Steph Curry 
in the closing seconds there before the Warriors uh, ultimately had a failed 23-foot corner shot from Steph Curry. Uh, that, the secret sauce, the, the poor execution down the stretch there. Also, the Timberwolves controlled the boards tonight, 49-37 Minnesota, and the Warriors really got hit there. Uh, all of the turnovers in the fourth quarter, five turnovers in the fourth quarter, leading to 10 Timberwolves points. It had been 12 turnovers for the game going into the fourth for just eight Minnesota points. And so, yeah, the couple down the stretch there wind up doing the Warriors in. That's the secret sauce of the game brought to you by Proposition Chicken. All right, we'll pause here. We'll come back. Still got time to take some phone calls. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We will also hear from Steve Kerr. We will hear from Clay Thompson as well as the Warriors. They they lose a big one tonight here at Chase. Home winning streak is over, and the Timberwolves beat the Dubs tonight, 99-96 and 95-7 the game. Curry takes it right side, weaving, has a man on his hip, takes Gobert in, flipped it up, and somehow spun it up and in with Gobert on his back. That's a heck of a shot, but that's a tough way to make a living right there. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. All right, Steph Curry doing all he could, but not enough tonight as the Warriors lose to the Timberwolves, 99-96, the final Warriors outscored 46-41 in the second half. 24-18 really does the dubs in in the third quarter as they found themselves down four and and having to rally in the fourth. But the final three minutes ultimately uh, not enough. A couple of big three-point makes, but too many turnovers and a bad shot. And the Timberwolves able to escape down the stretch in this one. 888-957-9570. We do have the hardest working player of the game, which is coming up here shortly as uh, Bay Area Panthers football is going to be coming up at the top of the 10 o'clock hour as well here uh, on 95.7 The Game. But I do want to get back to the phones, and Chris in Fremont has rejoined us here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Chris? Yo, am I? All right, so I want to talk about the game tonight. Yeah. So I would like to say that I don't think it was Poole's fault at the end of the game. I would feel like Steph was cutting, and he kind of clogged up the area. I thought Poole was going to go one-on-one with Mike Conley on him, and I'll take Mike Conley and Poole over and match up with Jamie Daniels because Jamie Daniels had given Steph here a tough night tonight when he was guarding on the ball. And um, I feel like Steph kind of cut it, and he pulled back out. So I don't want to. I don't want people to blame the fault on Poole, man, because he's been having a rough season with us, but he's been up and down. I want people to stay straight free. Yeah, appreciate it. I, I think it's more the shot than the than the pass, because you're right, that was a miscommunication. We've had a few people on the text line mention that as well. Uh but it it's it's the fact that the late game execution has continued to pop up. That that I think is is the issue with those who want to put it on pool. But but look, pool scored tonight. And scoring's not all of the game, but but Poole scored tonight and did it in a more efficient manner than Steph or Clay did, and and earned his spot among the finishing five with with Kevon Looney. Obviously, Steph and Clay are always going to be out there, and, and and Draymond is going to to be out there as well. And yeah, the Timberwolves do have a lot of length. They have a lot of big bodies, and they are a pretty good defensive team 
overall they've they've got some some toughness and some edge to them, and I think they've they've refined a little bit of how they want to play. I mean they they really made two big you know, trades at the deadline. And in the off season, in the off season to get Gobert from from Utah, and then they wind up getting Conley as they ship out D'Angelo Russell and hand the keys more to to Anthony Edwards. And Towns have been out for a good chunk of the year. Kyle Anderson hurt the Warriors tonight. Nas Reed destroyed the Warriors tonight. You're thinking, are there going to be enough minutes for for Reed and Gobert and Towns to all play? And Nas Reed, 20 minutes tonight. 23 points, he knocked down 3-3. The Warriors just never go out and cover Nas Reed on the perimeter. And Reed and Towns both hit the Warriors in in a big way from distance in this one. And Mike Conley knocked down some open ones. And uh, all in all, Warriors lose this game by three. And the Timberwolves hit two more three-pointers than the Warriors did. 17-40 for Minnesota. Warriors only hit 15-40. Some timely ones to hang around at points in which it looked like the Timberwolves were going to gain control of this one, but uh, the Warriors ultimately come up short. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. Let's uh, go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media following this one, one of the more difficult losses especially on the, the Chase Center hardwood this season. Here's Steve. The fatal possession seemed to be that Draymond turnover with 14 seconds left. Was that an example in that situation of kind of like overpassing uh, when Minnesota was I just followed? thought the final two minutes um, we didn't execute. You know, I thought um, we had a chance at a layup in transition with about two minutes left. I think um, we had another possession where we turned it over. We just didn't didn't execute down the stretch, so that was just one one of many. So we didn't we didn't deserve to win. They they outplayed us, made the plays down the stretch that they they needed to make, and and we didn't. So simple as that. Steve, what hurts the most? You had in the last forty seconds a zero pass possession and then two turnovers, all in the last forty seconds when you were down two. Yeah, I don't need to rank them. They they, they you know they they all hurt. Like we got to close the game. We got to execute down the stretch, and um, you know I got to help them. I got to do a better job myself in helping them uh, to execute. But uh, disappointing because uh, we fought back, gave ourselves a chance to win. You know, had the ball with the lead uh, late. Like I said, I thought a couple possessions in those last two minutes just hurt us, and um, and they hit the big shot. Is it a concern at all that this is still happening this late in the season, like the poor execution down the stretch? Of course, it's a concern. I mean, this is you know you go into to uh, you know, late season into the playoffs, you gotta, you know, it's every game's gonna be close. So we gotta, we gotta find a way to to be better. Just uh, wondering what you thought of Gary's minutes and and you know where he helped. He did a great job. Yeah, I mean, he looked good physically. Um, he made some big plays for us. Gary was great. I think Dante's only taken three shots the last two games. What do you think about his offense and? Do you think that there's any kind of hesitation right now as far as... No, there's no hesitation. Every game is going to be a little different. And uh, Dante's doing a really good job of, um, you know, defending and moving the ball and, and just playing his game. There's going to be some games where he gets eight or ten threes up and, and other games. He obviously played fewer minutes tonight, he played 20 minutes. But, um, you know, with Gary's return, that cut into Dante's minutes, cut into J.K.'s minutes. And, and uh, you know, so that's that's how it's going to be here. we got to figure out rotations and, and uh, you know, find combinations that, that fit. Spotlight will obviously be on the late game, but I think you guys had 18 points in the third, 41 in the second half. Just 
overall, what was the problem offensively? A lot of quick, bad shots. Didn't move the ball. Uh, there were a ton of 18-foot fadeaway shots with somebody wide open. We didn't make the defense move um, an extra, um, you know, an extra rotation, two extra rotations. So they're a good defensive team. They got uh, size at every position. And uh, if you don't move them around, it's going to be tough. And we didn't move them around. We just um, we were all trying to do it on our own out there. How would you describe this game for Draymond physically? Because he, he took some hits. He took some hits. He got hit in the face like three different times. Draymond is amazing the way he um, puts himself on the line night after night. And um, he got hit several times and, um, you know, did some amazing things to keep us in the game defensively. All right, so Steve Kerr tonight, uh, shorter and not so sweet with the breakdown from the head coach of the Warriors, a failure to execute down the stretch, which has been a familiar theme for the Warriors throughout the, the course of this season, and it has really hurt them uh, in a number of different junctures. A lot of games like tonight uh, where the Warriors seemingly have them in hand or have the potential to steal them. And turnovers, bad shots, it's it's the same kinds of things. I mean, anytime you have the ball with the lead in that situation where, where Draymond commits the turnover, uh, that's tough. I mean, the Utah game comes to mind. I mean, this wasn't quite that uh, up four with 13 seconds to go, and you wind up losing the game. But it, it has been an all-too-familiar situation for the Warriors to lose leads in the final minute of, of games where just – over the, the last decade, it just hasn't happened. Uh, one quick note I did see uh, tonight, the Warriors lead the NBA, and this is not a pretty note as well. The Warriors lead the NBA in turnovers in the final minute of the game when the game is within one possession. So 14 turnovers on the season for the Warriors that goes to the poor late game execution, uh, which has plagued them and 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 bit them, frankly, uh, tonight. Uh, I wanted to touch on what Steve Kerr had to say about Dante Divincenzo as well, and and he was asked. I think it was Dalton Johnson that that asked about you know is, is Divincenzo maybe a, a little bit tentative? And, and you look at at Dante, only one shot attempt in in the game tonight. Uh, and he finished with two points, only played 20 minutes. You know, I've said that you know, Dante DiVincenzo really has benefited and played his best basketball for the Warriors when there's been more put on his plate as opposed to less. When when he's been a bit player trying to fit his game, we always talk about that box of trying to fit your game into the box of playing fewer minutes and still being as effective and impactful. He's been somebody that almost has to play 25 plus and has been his most successful when the Warriors have been at their most shorthanded, especially in, in some of these games where Steph and, and Wiggins have been out. And so he typically does not take a bad shot because he knows he's on a team with so many other players that, that can knock down big shots, but he is one of the, the higher IQ, more intelligent players that, that the Warriors have on the roster, and so he's somebody that you want to have out there. He's a pretty good on-ball defender. He rebounds well, especially for somebody that, that's his size. And so he's a guy you want to have out there a lot. But even while praising Gary Payton II, and I thought Gary Payton II was, for the most part, pretty good tonight, 
more so in the second half stint than he was in the first half stint. And I think you know around 15 minutes a game is probably what it's going to be. Maybe it gets pushed up to 20 as as time goes on here over the final couple of weeks. And if the Warriors get into the the elimination games of the play-in tournament or or a playoff series, you could bump that up closer to 20. But he was pretty much in that 15 to 17 range last year overall. And but Peyton coming back is going to take minutes away from other players. And so anytime that happens, there's an adjustment to the combinations of players that, that are going to be out there on the floor together. And there's also going to be an adjustment as far as as can certain players be effective at the same level that they're effective when they're getting more run while they're getting less run. And 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 DiVincenzo is a player that I worry about in that respect. Kaminga is a player I worry about. And and you know, people have kind of come down my road for for saying I'm down on Kaminga, and and I'm really not to the extent. You know, I'm I'm not at all. But you know, the reality is, and I've said this, you know, Kaminga played 14 minutes tonight, and and whether you think Kaminga should be playing a lot or not, and tonight was not a, a particularly great Kaminga game. That was two consecutive games that weren't. But Peyton coming back is going to mean less Kaminga, and and that's unfortunate and you saw the difference from first half to second half Steve Kerr had Kaminga out on the floor with Gary Payton the second at the beginning of the second quarter Draymond was out there with Poole and Curry and that lineup got hit minus five immediately uh, minus six immediately at the beginning of the quarter and Kaminga was subbed out Anthony Lamb was subbed in now Lamb didn't do much better in in fairness with that group and, and the Warriors got down 12 wound up closing the half on a 15-1 to run, which put the Warriors up two, and that was really the story of the first half. Bad bad first six minutes of the first two quarters, really good last couple of minutes of the, the, the first two quarters, and then the third quarter the Warriors just couldn't do anything offensively. But in the second half, Kerr went away from Kaminga and Peyton together, and I think you know, Coach Kerr has said he likes playing Kaminga with – other shooters he likes playing him with lamb and i think you know trying to figure out how peyton can be his most effective while also getting kaminga his minutes and you know it's not as clear cut as a lot of people think and and you know, i had a few people tweet at me I had a couple text messages on the xfinity mobile text line with you know how can kaminga play less than anthony lamb kaminga should never play less than anthony. It, it's not this kaminga is not viewed by the warriors as a three he's viewed as a four well guess what offensively they view gp2 as a four and so at that point if divincenzo is going to be playing some three and you want to have anthony lamb's shooting out there because kaminga is not a great shooter and somebody that the teams dare to shoot from the perimeter, then it all adds up to, to, to less Kaminga. So the point that I'm getting at is the Warriors have to figure out the right combinations now to get the most out of everybody. Because I'm going to tell you, GP2 is going to play. GP2 is going to play because he's trusted by the veterans. I think DiVincenzo should play. You know, for those calling for, you know, make a make a change to the starting line. Like, not like, – not starting DiVincenzo isn't going to help DiVincenzo at this point with, with Wiggins out. And, you know, I think Wiggins' void still obviously felt on a night-in, night-out basis. But, 
you know, DiVincenzo, I think, is a good player to have out there with Steph and Clay and Draymond and Looney, but but they don't view Kaminga as a three at all. And so I know Steve Kerr mentioned pregame on Friday. they got to figure out if he can be a three, but I think any times they've tried to put him in some of those combinations where he's even semi the three, it just hasn't worked, and they've gone away from it, and they don't trust it, and so you're, you're just not going to see it. Uh, but again, big picture is finding the right combinations for all of these players to maximize their production, even though the time on the floor may be a, a little bit limited. And that, by the way, only gets exasperated, uh, exacerbated by the return of Wiggins if Wiggins does come back. If, if Wiggins does come back, then it's going to be even less you know, for DiVincenzo potentially or for for Kaminga at that point, and then the Warriors are going to have to reshift and reevaluate how they how they go through who's going to play what minutes and, and with what group. So uh, something that, that can be a little bit wonky, but something that I'm always paying attention to, and and that the Warriors are going to have to figure out without margin of error of losing games. Like I think part of the story tonight was the Warriors were a little bit out of rhythm because Peyton came back and that changed everybody's rotation and guys, you know, Moody didn't play tonight. Moses Moody's been playing a few minutes in each half these last three games. And, you know, that was an easy one to predict. You know, you can't play everybody. But Peyton coming back meant Moody wasn't going to play, and it meant DiVincenzo and Kaminga played less. And so the Warriors, I think, were a little more out of sorts, a little more guardable tonight. And look, if Steph goes out and hits eight threes, it doesn't matter. If Clay Thompson shoots a higher percentage, it doesn't matter. Hell, if they don't turn the ball over a couple of times and have that, as Monty Poole characterized it, the uh, zero pass possession that's a kind way of referring to the Jordan Poole heat check step back twenty eight foot three when you're up by two. Uh, the zero pass possession uh, where the Warriors have to get better and execute at a higher clip. All right, final couple of minutes here. Eight 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 nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's get to the hardest working player of the game, which is brought to you by AC Transit. Curry gets the loose ball rebound, takes to the front court, pass the wing. Peyton there fires a corner three. Got it. Cuts a Minnesota advantage by a third. Gary Payton, the second. Everything he's doing tonight has been applauded. All right, so Gary Payton, the second. Uh, big ovation when he checked in late first quarter, that final defensive possession of the, the first quarter. And it looked pretty good for, for Gary Payton, the second. He looked healthy, which I think is something we're going to, to have to monitor. And, and he helped this Warriors team. Uh, in in this game tonight, I mean they give up 99, and and isn't it funny? Warriors give up 99 tonight, but lose. So the defense improved on the night, but if anything, the Warriors still tonight couldn't find enough combinations with quality enough offense to to carry them. If you told me that hey, Warriors are going to give up 99 tonight, I would have thought, wow, they're they're going to win this game. They're, they're going to win this game at least 100 to 99. But uh, didn't work out that way. Hardest working player of the game, GP2, brought to you by AC Transit, looking for hard workers and offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey-level mechanics to join their team. For complete details and to apply, visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers. Let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of Gary Payton the second as he met with the media downstairs here inside Chase Center. Gary, feel physically over the course of the game. Felt like I was out there shorter than I was, but 16 minutes. Felt good, though. Um, there's a lot of gaps in there, so 
able to go get my best back, you know, after, you know, whistles and calls. And what for you, what what hurts most about the way this game was lost? <laughs> that we lost. Yeah, I think we, you know, turnovers here and there, you know, they piled up. But, um, you know, just down the stretch, we had it right there. But like I said, just turnovers, you know, dancing around and stuff like that, you know, just not being on the same page. I think we just lost a possession or two. And I think that eventually ended up being a decider. I'm sure you imagine what that would be like when you checked in. Did it live up to your expectations? <laughs> I didn't have any. Uh, I already knew it was love, you know, since I've been back from Dub Nation. So, you know, that's just a, a nice welcome home. But, you know, uh, you know, I mess with Dub Nation like that. So it's all love. I know you said you, you feel as good as you felt all season. Where does that translate in your game? Where do you feel better out there than you did maybe, you know, a couple months ago? I just feel like myself. I can move around, you know, do what I need to do. So as long as I feel like myself, you know, it's just it's just normal. There have been some, like Dante's a new player. There's a couple of new players um, or people who you weren't playing with before when you were on the team. Did it feel any different for you, like being on the floor with Dante or anyone else? Or did it feel the same like when you were here before? No, you know, I've had multiple teammates, you know, throughout my career. So I've been watching how they play and, and whatnot. So, you know, come in and, and when Dante's easy, he checked in. We checked in for a second. And he was like, what you want to do, full court? I said, absolutely. So, you know, just that energy right there alone, I already know what he's on and he know what I'm on. So um, it's not hard to, you know, get adjusted. All right. So Gary Payton, the second, he said yesterday is going to be like riding a bike. He's He's not worried at all about his ability to – fit in with this Warriors team down the stretch here and now just six games to go for the Warriors as uh, they dip to 39 and 37 on the year so 76 in the books just six games to go for the Warriors and they're going to have three home and three away at this point they've got the next two at home Pelicans that's a big one on Tuesday night then the Spurs on Friday they go to Denver come back to wrap up the home slate with Oklahoma City and then go to Sacramento and Portland to end the season. Two weeks from today will be the final game of the regular season. All right, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and hear a couple of minutes of, of Clay Thompson. Uh, as always fun when he meets with the media post game and uh, Clay, Clay didn't hold back. Here's, here's Clay. Obviously, you know, you guys had a chance to win, couldn't pull it off. But what about this, the way this game ended bothers you the most, maybe? I don't think anything really bothered me. I just think uh, we just let one slip away, and uh, that happens sometimes. But uh, we've been so great here at home this year that we just had it off night. All of us, except for JP, who played very well. You guys only scored 41 in the second half. Uh, just what couldn't you get going offensively? I, I didn't take very good shots to start the second half, and I think uh, we just didn't get into a great rhythm. I mean, give them credit. They're big, they're large inside, and they were doing everything they could to run us off the three-point line, and I didn't get in a great rhythm, especially inside the arc. I missed all my two-pointers, so I'll be better Tuesday. We all know the history of this team. Are you surprised that this deep into the season, there's still an execution problem at times? No, like it's basketball, man. It's hard. It's really hard. Sometimes it doesn't go your way really hard. Hey Clay, what was it like to have Gary back out there? It kind of feel like uh, old times. I don't know how much I don't know how much time you guys are out there together, but yeah. oh man, it was great having Gary back. I was really happy the ovation he got because he earned it. He was a huge part of what we did last year and why we were the champs. And I know he will be again this year because uh, he's such a great player and he's so good around the rim. He's so good on defense and he's just going to be a huge uh, asset for us going forward. I want to ask you specifically about the play that you found him cutting. It, I guess kind of take me through that play a little bit and then also just 
how big a dimension is that that he brings the way he can kind of cut baseline? Yeah. Well, I drove right and he was wide open. So I made a simple bounce pass and Gary's a great cutter. He's a great rebounder. He just does all the little things that you take for granted. I thought he was uh, great tonight. I mean, he hasn't played in so long. To be as sharp as he was was impressive. And I just know he's going to add so much value to this team going forward. And Clay, uh, Jordan's had some high-profile mistakes in like the last you know minute of games and stuff. What gives you confidence that you know he'll be able to bounce back from this and you know keep helping contribute to you guys? Right there, he was a huge part of that. And people t- tend to forget that. So uh, right there. So Clay Thompson, uh, for those of you that are wondering yet what right there was, they pointed to the backdrop, which has the 2022 NBA Champions logo on it, and that's what right there was. He was a big contributor to that, so so Clay's not worried because Jordan was part of the championship run from from last year. And, And Clay also, quick to point out, that Jordan played pretty well on a night where he and Steph and, and others didn't shoot it well, called it uh, an off night, uh, owned up himself to not taking good shots in in the second half. And so we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I think when, when Poole and Steph have been out there together, Clay has had a tendency to, to struggle a little bit more getting into that rhythm and finding the right shots to take. I praised him for not taking as many these last few games. Tonight, missing all the twos. We pointed that out early. He was cognizant of that. Uh, but uh, I think, again, you're, you're ride or die with Clay Thompson at this point between now and the end of the season. All right, that'll do it. Uh, we got to get out. Uh, I'm John Dickinson. Thanks to Sterling Bennett and everybody in our San Francisco studios as the Warriors drop a tough one. Back in action Tuesday here at Chase, 6 o'clock for Warriors Live. It's the Dubs and the Pelicans, and that is a big one with the Warriors now clinging to the sixth seed in the Western Conference playoff race. 6 o'clock for Warriors Live. Bay Area Panthers football is coming up next. Timberwolves beat the Warriors tonight, 99-96, and you heard it right here on 95-7 The Game. Good night.